Courtney, I don't get it. You don't do a damn thing in any of these clips. Exactly. Because that's who corporate America wants. People who seem like bold risk takers, but never actually do anything. Actually doing things gets you fired. In fact, I'm writing a book on this very phenomenon. Really? You're writing a book? No, that would be doing some... Are you even listening? This week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Sorry for the late release. I didn't realize. I just take for granted that my schedule had become somewhat normalized over the right. last few months. Right. Where I don't work until at least 1130 on mm-hmm. Thursdays. And then I looked, and for some random reason, I was scheduled 9 to 8 yesterday. You tell them, never again. Never again. Don't you ever do that again. Well, it's, it's hard because then also like um, KXRW switched around their content meeting times and oh. then the, like, they're kind of like, they weren't happy with me for like missing it. And I'm oh. like, well, I work in like I some Mondays I work until eight and then you guys switch it up on the Monday. Anyway. It, what are you none, supposed to do? And none of that matters. What are you so supposed to do? I was just like, I, I'm like, I'm thinking, well, what's the, what's the point? Like I go there and I sit there for an hour and I just, I talk for 10 seconds about what my what about what my episode's going to be for the next month, and then hmm. I leave. Yeah. So I'll just, I'm totally fine just texting in my topic for sure. and then or doing emailing. My own thing. Yeah. So it's a little more detailed or something. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just to have participation or. Yeah. You know. But either way, I need to. Find, I have thoughts. I need to find a new job. Uh oh. I just, I'm just need to make more money. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I'm trying to find a job where I make less money. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but has a higher growth potential. Oh I'm my guessing. word! I don't care. Just, just as something... long as like I'm a little bit happy. Yeah, fair enough. So when you came in today, I said that I've got gripes. You do have gripes. I don't know what they are, but I'm excited to. Hear I just them. want to know what your thoughts are on this exchange Ooh, that okay. I had. All right, hit me with it. Okay, so, um, since I started in this position, um management supervisor you know mm-hmm. and eventually i'll be on my own at night and be be responsible for getting everything done from i think it's like three o'clock to 11 o'clock p.m or 10 o'clock p.m so they're like hey um there's this one customer he's one of our biggest customers he's going to text you when the trailers are ready okay and i was like well okay uh, they, I had a company phone when I was in my last job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still have the phone, but they just canceled the plan. Okay. I, I, I don't know. So I was like, whatever. Sure. Just give them my personal number. And so, um, <laughs> so, uh, I give the drivers all my number and I'll text them back and forth like, hey, when you're done with this, can you do this real quick? Or, hey, it's just quick and easy. And, and some of the guys do really appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm going to try to omit names here and hopefully I don't have to edit myself later um, <laughs> with the toasty. Um, <laughs> so <clears throat> this one specific customer, this guy, he, he'll text me and I'll be like, hey, your trailers are ready. Your trailers are ready. Well, lately, I guess. When our drivers have been going to pick up their trailers after hours, after they've closed down, mm-hmm. they've just signed the bills and slipped them under the door. And then they've been getting like wet or dirty or whatever. So 
he's like, hey, can you have your drivers not slip the paperwork under the door? We have a box that they can put it in. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, sure. Well, I don't always have the same guys going to the same place. So I, I try to remember as often as I can, like, hey, if you go here, make sure you put the bills in the do- in the box by the door. And all the a lot of the guys try to do it. But sometimes in the chaos of me trying to manage 60 people, mm-hmm. I might forget to tell someone who's never been there to do that. First of all, I don't know why you would throw the bills under the door anyways, but what do I know? I'm just the dispatcher. I guess I'm not the driver. It just makes sense to look yeah. for a box to put it in, but whatever. Yeah, I wouldn't think that that would be my, that wouldn't be my first go-to, right? right. Just under the door, but whatever. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But. Anyways, so I've been getting all these texts from this guy like, this is the trailer that I received today, and it was filthy. Okay, well, first of all, that has nothing to do with me. That has nothing to do with the driver. It has to do with the dock not sweeping out the trailer when they're done. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll email the dock about making sure the trailers are swept out. Then I get another text another day later, and it's like, how many times do I have to ask? Please don't put the bills under the door. Okay, I'll talk to my guys, and I talk to my guys. So this guy is like getting annoyed at me mm-hmm. for things that are kind of out of my control i mean i am the supervisor and i am saying things but i I don't know i guess i gotta be more strict or write them up or whatever Mm -hmm. it might take right so um what day was it it was uh mon monday monday so jen had a a pre-op appointment monday morning so we go to her pre-op appointment and it's it's there all i'm there all morning Mm -hmm. um and i'm getting texts from these this guy while i'm at this appointment Ooh, that's bad timing. I'm not. I'm not going to respond. No, I'm busy. Yeah, listening to this doctor talk about the complications of her surgery she's about to have. Yeah, sorry. A bit, a bit more important than sorry. the paper under the door. Yeah, no. This time he was like, "Hey, I need more trailers. I need more trailers. I need more trailers." Because they had more freight coming out, mm-hmm. which is a good thing. It's a great thing. But one, I'm not at work. Two, there's nothing I can do. Three, I'm at a doctor's appointment with my wife. But sorry. Yeah. Okay. So. I was like, I'll just respond when I'm at work. Or why isn't this person contacting the people who are already there mm-hmm. to try to make sure that this happens? Because sending a text message is easier. I guess, but well, but I'm not saying that's an excuse. No, but, but it is. But there's also a, his boss who does email the yeah. needs that they need. Mm-hmm. If I'm not responding, yeah, go go to a different channel. Maybe there's something else happening. Maybe I have the day off. Maybe I'm dead. Who knows? But if I don't respond. That, that should tell you something. Yeah. So I get to work and oh, I get to work at like 1230 because the, the appointment took a little longer. Mm-hmm. I get to work and there's an email from the other guy saying, hey, can we get more trailers? Mm-hmm. So I look at everybody who's been there for an hour or longer since 5 a.m. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, is anyone going to respond to this guy about getting him trailers? And they're like, they're like, uh, yeah, go ahead and respond. I'm like, are you kidding me? I was like, I just got here and you guys are asking me to respond. They're going to come be pissed at me because I took so long to respond. And they're like, yeah, just tell them, uh, sorry, all our drivers are out. We can't get to them yet. And they're going to have to wait. Okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll email. Don't worry guys. I got it. So I email this guy and I'm like, Hey, unfortunately everybody's out and about, um, we will try to get there as soon as possible, but guys are making deliveries and pickups right now, and there's nobody at the terminal to take trailers to you mm-hmm. back and forth. We just don't have the bodies to do that. And then I get this text from the guy, a different guy, 
And this is not not the same guy. Not that, the same guy who okay. emailed. He says, uh, "Hello, I need pups," which is a mm-hmm. small trailer. Is anybody going to answer me? I said, "Hey, uh, yeah, my shift begins at noon." I'm not going to go into the whole fact that I've been at the doctor's with my wife. That's none of your business, stranger. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> hey, my shift began at noon, um, and so and so was emailed and uh, I and told that they'll be brought down tonight. He said. It would be nice if we got a response back, not that I have to text you a second time. If you see and read the email, it says, as soon as possible. Okay, well, here, this is the morning dispatcher, and here's his email. Mm -hmm. Well, apparently we need to talk to him because you're not going to get anything done. Hmm. (laughs) So I just said, I'm like, I look at my boss, I'm like, Dude, how do I even respond to that? And he kind of tells me what to say in a shitty way, but I'm not going to say the way he said it. So I just said, all the drivers are gone by 11 a.m. When I arrive at noon, they're all on the road making their deliveries. Unfortunately, the request was made afternoon when uh, when none of the drivers were available. And this is the part that my boss said to say. According to the email, the request was as soon as possible. When I arrive after, uh, in the afternoon after dispatching has been done, as soon as possible means an afternoon movement. My apologies. He didn't say anything, right? Mm-hmm. So then I'm just sitting there and I'm working and it's like 9 o'clock and we got trailers to this, this company and I've had guys, uh, I've already had guys swapping the trailers for them and getting their trailers out and, and organizing and getting them what they needed and sure. they build what they needed. Yeah. Driver comes in and goes, hey. And I was like, yeah. He goes, what's up with that guy uh, at that place? And I was like, now I haven't told anybody about this. The drivers don't know about the back and forth that we've had. And I go, what are you talking about? And he goes, that dude over there says you're a clown. I said, what? (laughs) He said, what? He goes, yeah. I went in there and he was like, hey, tell that. uh," He goes, hey, that Jeff guy, he's a fucking clown. And I go, you've got to be kidding me. And he goes, nah, man. And I was like, okay, okay. And then I, and then I was, and he's like, yeah, I don't know. He goes, I don't know what happened, but that's what he said. And I was like, all right. And the driver like clocks out and leaves, right? And then my boss looks over at me and goes, are you going to say something? And I go, just did. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking just sit there and get mm-hmm. somebody undermine me to my employees and say shit like that. Yeah. So I just, I just texted him and I said, Hey, can I get some clarification on uh, my drivers telling me that people at your establishment are telling them that I'm a clown? He said, your driver called you a clown. I said, interesting. Thanks. Hmm. So has it progressed anymore from there? Okay. So, I mean, I just want to know your thoughts on that. That just that in situation. Oh, man. Um... (laughs) I don't know. I, I feel like uh, that guy, it starts with him. Like he's, he's made a request too late. Like, you Thank can't, you. You can't just expect because you had some extraneous circumstances just arise that right. another separate entity that's not attached to you has an obligation to stop everything they're doing to come. That's, fix- that's the trucking industry, Jake. <clears throat> Everyone assumes that you are gonna, whatever, whatever, whatever you are doing, mm-hmm. come and get my shit. 
Yeah. Because they need it right. Because they need it right now. They need and, it. Shit. They and, need and, it out. And I under, and I understand like their situation. Absolutely. Like yeah, they have to make money, and time is is obviously money, right? right? So you got to get that out. But I don't know. I just feel like I don't know. The whole calling you a clown thing is a bit over the top. How I mean, but I've worked with my dad in construction, and gosh, the the names that I hear people call each other. If it was a coworker yeah. calling me a clown, mm-hmm. that's different. Yeah, I we punk each other all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> I made I told a guy that he probably has STDs yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> like we're always going hard at each other, but for a customer to say it to my employee, that crosses a line to me. No, I I under I under yeah I understand right? that yeah. So, I, I know I know I personally would be be upset about it. Well, I mean, yeah. okay, first of all, you're demand you're making these demands mm-hmm. and then you're gonna talk shit about me to my drivers like they're not gonna tell me. Yeah. And then still expect these demands. Mm-hmm. I was just like, Okay, so I'm, dude. I'm a little confused on the timeline though. When did he start texting you in the morning? Like like Monday at like eleven. At eleven. Probably earlier. Okay. I think. I don't know. Like when, so your Monday morning, you're at the, the doctor's, doctor's appointment, yes. and he's texting you at the doctor's appointment, yes. and your shift doesn't start until noon. Noon, yes. Okay. And they, I guess they'd been emailing prior to me even getting in there, but nobody's just responding, which happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And then I get in, and I'm like, is anybody going to respond to these people? And they're like, yeah, go ahead and respond. I'm like, what the hell, dude? And they're like, well, you are the evening dispatcher. Okay. This was emailed prior to me being here. Yeah. I don't know. It's just weird, dude. Apparently, they expect you to be on call for them like 24-7. Like, right. So, like, if you're not in the office, even though you're not... I, I, I'm guessing in his mind, it's because you're the supervisor, which means that your job never really... Which I... Okay, never which really fine, stops. But there's no way I can get you what you need Yeah. if I'm not there. Mm-hmm. And then I explain that to him. Listen, I don't start till noon. And he's still pissed at me. It's like, dude, I just told you I don't start till noon. Like, if you need was something, he, email this guy. Is he the top guy or is he the guy that would get shit on from the top guy? He would. He's the guy to get shit on from the top guy. So he's more than almost li- me. So more than likely, he's getting shit on from, from the top his, guy. From his top guy. Right. And he's trying to get a hold of you in the easiest, most effective way. Because he knows if he calls, right. he's probably going to get told the same thing. So it's like... It's easier to just like text and, and then because if you're like, why haven't you heard from me yet? Well, I have a text message out to this dude and he's not getting back uh, to me. I get you. It's almost it's almost a kind of a bit of a cover thing. For sure. For but, sure. Yeah. He shouldn't have called you a clown. Because how not- blindly can you just send a text and be like, well, I tried. Yeah. 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 Hmm. So then my boss's boss calls me and my boss into the office yesterday <laughs> and he's like, hey, what's going on, guys? And we're like, what's up? And he goes, I just met with uh, so-and-so at this place. And I just go, great. <laughs> it's the guy who's been texting me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he don't like you. And he wants to know what the hell's wrong with you. And he, he pointed to me and said he didn't like me. Mm-hmm. And then asked my boss what the hell's wrong with him. And I was, I just started laughing, dude. Okay, here's the thing about, and maybe this is going to get me trouble in the future and with another job someday. But as you know, I don't sugarcoat shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say what I mean. I'm going to say exactly how it is. Yeah. And I I told my boss, I'm like, listen, dude, this is what happened. I'm not here. And I can hear the, the morning dispatcher who's sitting in as the morning dispatcher. It is my boss. But once I'm trained, 
but that does not mm-hmm. that's not until I'm trained. So the assistant terminal manager is filling in on a morning dispatcher. And I go, I told this dude. Well, I go, why isn't the morning dispatcher taking care of it? And he's in the other office. I know he can hear me. And he's like, well, this guy's like, it's one of our biggest customers. we got to take care of him. He goes, listen, dude, I, I get him disrespecting you. And I'm the first person to say, fuck off if someone disrespects you. But when they're paying us that much money, we can't really tell them to fuck off. And I said, I understand. I said, but I go, it, he's oversimplifying what's happening here. I go, obviously, he's got some frustration with the bills being under the door and whatever the whatever else he might have frustrations with. Mm-hmm. But for him to put that solely on me is ridiculous. And so he's just basically like, you know, I've had to suck it up and and be the professional and be like, I don't know, communicate, I guess. He's like, I don't know, maybe reach out and just try to clarify things with him. And I was like, all right. So my boss like sends him a text and was like, hey, man, like, I don't know. What's, you know, I don't know. I guess you've been feeling disgruntled or upset. Like, let's clear the air. Like, I'm here if you need me. And then he doesn't fucking text back. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. He just, that guy just wants to be mad. For sure. Yeah. Jake, my first response is to tell him to fuck off. I'll burn your house down. <laughs> I got so mad, dude. Yeah, I would be too, man. I hate, I hate, that's one thing I hate the most is like, Knowing when people lie or are oversimplifying things to make like you look bad. Yes. That's the worst. Fe- oh it's like the gosh. worst feeling is it just feels like such an injustice. Like I hate, I hate that. Like when customers will be like, well, not really complain about me or I complain about something that's happening in the store, but mm-hmm. I'm like, I know it's way different than that. Right. Yeah. I thought about, and this is so funny that you said an injustice because my level of like annoyance I, I just imagine like for I'm not even joking for a second. I visualize this moment. OK, mm-hmm. I was pissed. I was like, fuck this guy, dude. And then for a second, I I, I, I didn't close my eyes, but I imagined it right in my brain. I imagine somebody just looking at you and just taking something off the shelf and walking out the door. <laughs> That's what it felt like. I'm not even joking. That's exactly what I thought about. And I'm like, That's awesome. Motherfucker. <laughs> Like, I know, right? That, that's mm-hmm. just my first thought. I was like, I get it. That's exactly what it felt like to me. Yeah. Like, like this dude just jacked my shit and walked out. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, I'm trying here. And you're just going to tell me to fuck off? Yeah. So, that's my gripe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a legitimate gripe. I would be frustrated, too. It's so hard, I, I hate dude. it when people, they think that because there's money like there's money involved and they kind of know their position and there's somewhat of an asymmetrical relationship there and they're willing to just exploit that to them to the fullest it gets worse dude so my boss's boss tells Mm -hmm. me tells us in that meeting he's like you know he asked me who's this jeff guy well he's training to be the you know dispatch supervisor he's fairly new so he's still kind of working in and out and he goes does he not know who i am does he not know that I'm responsible of which carrier we choose? I'm about to go to a different carrier. So he's abusing that level of mm-hmm. choice. Yeah. Because I'm a clown. I guess. <laughs> that sounds like a shitty dude, man. Dude. And and that's what my boss was saying. He's like, he's, he's new. He did, this doesn't seem like him. Like, he's normally a good guy. It's like, listen, okay, you said that you get when people are shitty to you mm-hmm. for you to just be like fuck off 
but it sounds a lot like you have this guy's back. Yeah. But that dude, what I've learned in this job has been incredible. You know, I've always just been an ant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just a worker bee. Just, oh, I'm bottom of the totem pole. Like, I can call in sick. It doesn't matter if I miss. Like, if I'm there, the world can... If I'm not there, the world continues, mm-hmm. right? Now, if I miss, it's a way bigger of a deal. I have more responsibility, right? Fine. But observing managers other than my own, other than myself, mm-hmm. has been incredible, dude. I don't know what your experience is. Maybe it's just the industry, but it's constant, like trying to put out fires or prevent yourself from getting shit on. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not proactive in solving problems in any way. <laughs> no, nobody wants problem solvers. No, it's all reactive. Yeah. And everything at this level mm-hmm. is reactive. It's insane. Yeah. Cause just, I'm just a- keep the boat afloat. Enough yes. They get into yes. harbor every day. Yes. Yeah. I can't, I don't get that. I feel like I'm such the guy who's like, all right, this is not working. Mm-hmm. We're barely getting into the harbor every day. Yeah. What can we do for smoother sails? The patch this fucking hole. Anything. Yeah. Anything. Do I have to stand here with my finger in the hole? If that's what I got to do, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. No, we don't want to hear about it. We got shit to do. Okay, but we can't do that shit if we're, if we're sinking. Yeah, meanwhile, the boat's just filling up. I'm carrying this analogy through. I love it. I love it. We're fucking yeah. sailors. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it, is, it is frustrating. I get it on a, sm- a lot smaller scale. But just observing my dad over the year, who's like the head foreman. Right. And like everybody going to him and just piling their shit onto him. Like all the other different crews, like... And him just ha- having to figure literally everything out because like his boss could never read plans and it's just like oh yeah I I I, I kind of get I, I get what you mean right and it's not like obviously the trekking industry and the construction industry aren't parallels right but I think there's a lot of similarities there oh, just yeah. in terms of the personalities yes so I can I as you're talking I'm I I kind of like in, drawing in, connections yeah yeah, yeah. I, it's it's so that's the most frustrating part for me dude because. Even when my boss's boss comes in and he's like, hey, man, we, we got to make sure that this happens. And I'll explain to him, listen, man, the reason that that's a problem is because A, B, and C are not being done. Yeah. We can't just jump to this. Mm-hmm. We have to make sure that these are done. He goes, he just, he, he ignores me and just says, yeah, I'm, I'm, it's coming from the top. We got to make sure this is done. Did you not just hear me? Yeah. I just said we got to get A, B, and C done or fixed or managed in order to make that happen. And he's just like, I got to get it done guys, make it happen. Uh, just, and, and to me, to me, what that tells me is that's poor leadership because all he's worried about is not getting shit on about one thing mm-hmm. instead of taking care of the things that will eventually take care of that one thing. Well, well, I think when people, yeah, it's penny wise, pound foolish. Like he gets so worried about, the singular things, yes, the, the, the cents, yes, and then you forget about the dollars, like the bigger things, yes, and so you're losing money in the long run to save a penny in the short run, absolutely. And I, I feel like that is probably most of corporate America, <laughs> uh, dude. It's insane, it's crazy. Like, I want to get to the point where I can just, like, hey, don't do this, hey, don't do that, you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Because I don't know, it's just like. And then, so my boss and I have a conversation last night. We're talking about bigger picture stuff. And he worked at, he was a driver for UPS for 
like 20 years before mm. he came over over where we're at and he would talk about like the structure that UPS would do when delivering and base their 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 system on pickups so you design the whole system around making your pickups but you start your deliveries and then as soon as your wave of deliveries is done boom now you're on pickups and you're doing pickups right and he's talking about different wave formats like you have one driver start at this time in one area then you send the second one out there and then you send the third one out there so that the first one can get the early closes and the la the late guy can get all the late closes mm -hmm. so everything's picked up and sweeped in we don't have the bodies to do a system like that but these are ideas these are great ideas mm -hmm. that he knows will be un be unheard because nobody's listening mm-hmm it's it it gets into like the same like it's it's it institutional design because you've done it so that company's yes. done it this way so, yes. for so long to get people to change even if you even if you were to remove all of the people who were there when those those initial decisions were made yeah because people have people have grown up in that institution and in that system and that's just the way they've done it's so hard and ingra it's like so ingrained in their in their minds that that's just the only way they can do it, and they can't yeah. imagine doing yes. it a different way and and a lot of these guys have started from the bottom right. Started as a dock worker mm -hmm. and worked their way all the way to the top, which is great. And if you were to talk to them one on one, and they'd be like, "Yeah, that's inefficient as hell," but then they'll defend. Yes, they'll defend yes! that inefficient way of doing yes! it. Yes, yeah, I know. Oh, how, how? Oh, is it me? Are we crazy? No, I just don't understand. You have a problem, yo. I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. It's, an, it's not uh, under pressure at all. No, no, God, that, that song, that baseline, is, it's, it's, it's it's different because <laughs> it goes ding ding. There's like a chime at the end that they defend as being the reason why it's not the same. <laughs> Stupid. Anyways, hearing, trying to hear him explain that is gold. It's the best. <laughs> oh, dude. Um. So yeah, that's my life in the corporate world. Wow, wow. Just no training. And a driver comes in the other day, and I went to high school with this driver, and uh, he oh, he pulls out this binder, and it's got all of these, like, I'm looking at it as he's flipping through it. They're all forms that we use almost every day. Mm -hmm. Drivers use, I use, phone lists, all this stuff. And I go, what the hell is that? And he goes, oh, it's just, just this training binder I put together um, for if I'm, like, got to train drivers. I said, well, shit, man. I'd love to have something like that for my job. And, uh... He goes, I'm pretty sure you do, man. The last dispatcher was working on something. And he opens the cabinet behind me. Sure enough, there's a binder right there with printout pages that he was working on creating. And I'm like, well, this is already better than him. And I pointed <laughs> at my boss. <laughs> oh. But that's a problem solver. Mm -hmm. Like, even before I left my job, I was working on an instructional manual. For the next guy, mm -hmm. it happened to be my buddy who came over to work for us. But because I had no training when I went into my job, yeah. I was like, I do not want the next guy to deal with this, regardless of who it is. Mm -hmm. So I started working on something. You cannot do the job. You cannot be efficient if you're not trained and you not you don't solve the problems that are already existing. Yeah, institutional change takes a long time to accomplish. This, I gotta think I, of a way. I, like this is it's it's um comes from how i met your mother but okay. it's something barney stint the car um neil patrick harris's uh character character um barney stinson said and it's when marshall was really struggling to find a job mm -hmm. or maybe it was robin Shabatsky. it's like bosses don't want 
they want people who who can say that they're going to be go getters and doers and movers, but really what they want are people who are just going to be who are just going to do what they're told. Yes, and just keep the status quo. Yes. So you need to sound like you're going. You're like this innovator, but really they don't want you to do anything. Pe- doing things. Gets wow. You, he even he he says he says it. And he's like he's explaining it to Marshall. He's like doing things get you fired. So don't do anything. Wow. That's amazing. That is a hundred percent true. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, I know what I got to do, <laughs> <laughs> which is nothing. But to me, it's like, how do you? How do you? Not that I want to move up, you know what I mean. But if you were to want to move up, how do you move up by just doing what you're told? And then when they say, "Hey, how are everything?" You're like, "This is the greatest job ever. I want to make this company the best company ever." Mm-hmm. You don't really act on those words. No, you just do what you're told. Exactly. Okay. That's you just blew my mind, dude. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Okay. All right. Well, I guess I'm back to just being a cog in the wheel. You're probably you might be more happier mentally. That's what I'm thinking. Cuz it's it's more stressful trying to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my god. That's terrible. No, it's not it it sucks. <laughs> we came out of college just wide-eyed and we're going to change the world cuz we had all the answers and then what you realize a bunch of idiots. nobody nobody wants the nobody wants the answers. Not a single person gives a shit about changing the world. Nope. We're wow. just trying to get it to shore. What's you, got, the, you got any other gripes? I mean, just political gripes. Oh, yeah. You were that stuff you were texting me, that back and forth with with that dude, you just said random Trump supporter. You were oh. te- you said Oh yeah. You, you were texting him. what he was saying. Yeah, you were texting yeah. me what he was saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was crazy. That was nuts to me because I wonder what he thinks now that Trump has like stepped down from escalation. Like he wanted he wanted all the smoke with Iran, this dude you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll read some of the things he said. This 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 was after the attack, the assassination. Mm-hmm. Um and this isn't a friend. This isn't a uh, so uh what's the term? Acquaintance? Acquaintance. There you go. There I knew it was go. with an A. Um, so I just know him just through different means. But we're talking back and forth about this. We're actually texting about it. And he tells me, just, just these are three highlights from, from the conversation. You got the whole conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but three things that I thought were interesting that he said were, we don't need Iran anyhow. They're nothing but animals and terrorists. That one struck me as just the worst. That's the first thing you said. Because I don't know what you what you mean by we don't need Iran. Like who is we and like where do they go? Just the world doesn't need Iran. Okay. I think is what so that means. So we are the world and we don't need Iran. So where do they go? Dead. Dead. Okay. Oh, and then he says, well, what contributions to the health and wealth of their country are they known for? Okay. <laughs> All right. And he then goes on to say, in 2020, the year of our Savior and President, to the same person. He wasn't talking about Jesus and oh, Trump. Oh, that's even worse. Yes. I was like, so 2020 is the year of our Lord no. and Savior, baby Jesus? No, he's talking Jesus? about Trump being the Savior. Oh, fuck. In, the, in 2020, the year of our Savior and wouldn't, President. Wouldn't, so the last three years have been the, the year of our Savior and President? I think so. If you were to ask, yes, okay. absolutely. Um, we don't need the negativity of some shithole country right now. The negativity. That's what this is. It's negative. It's just it's just I'm being negative. Yeah. Why are you guys being you guys are trolling us? You're being negative. Why don't you love President Trump? 
the entire world should love him. Yeah, he's essentially. Making, he's making the whole world great. Yeah. Not just America. Dude, do you see his tweet about cancer? No. You didn't? No, I didn't see I'm it. I'm so glad you didn't see this. Oh, my God. Sorry. You're good. I, I should have had it pulled up because I knew I was going to bring it up. But he says, where is it? There it is. Um, <laughs> U.S. cancer death rate, lowest in record recorded history. A lot of good news coming out of this administration. He's taking credit for low cancer deaths. I mean, is is that taking credit? Or is he just saying we bring good news? That's him taking credit. Did you <laughs> did you not watch his press? Did you not watch his, his like his No, I tried to find it and I was at work and I just I stopped looking. I was able to watch it on BBC, which is really interesting because you get people from all over the world mm-hmm. like commenting and you can read like the live tweets from right. like, everywhere and i'm watching the, i watched this whole thing he was supposed to be talking at 10 a.m eastern which would be 7 a.m our time so i logged in at se- like i i was hunting and i pressed the uh the watch live button right at seven and the guy didn't end up talking until 8 30 our time so he kept me sitting around there for an hour and a half <sighs> but um that's neither here nor there yeah, whatever that he, saved some duck lives he, right all there. he did you should tweet that out <laughs> All like for it was a pretty short speech, but for like three quarters of it, all he did was talk about all of his his accomplishments. It was just grandstanding by him, dude. But when he does that, his base just regurgitates it. Like eventually, with that guy I had that text exchange with, I he was just saying things that I've heard Trump say. Mm-hmm. I just said, "You're a fucking puppet, dude." Yeah, have your own ideas. Like, listen, I don't watch the news i don't watch cnn i don't watch msn i don't watch i don't watch any news no me neither none so my ideas are me kind of reading about things sitting there and thinking about it and now at once a week discussing it with you Mm -hmm. i don't just hear something and then spit it back out he's literally like got trump's hand up his ass (laughs) i it's uh yeah when he does that grandstanding Mm -hmm. it's to get them to repeat those things This tweet right here will be used as a fact to defend him later Mm -hmm. by any Trump supporter. Well, you must like you must support cancer. What do you want people to die? Yeah, you hate children. Well, that's that, and that gets me into another thing. Is like if you somehow question the strategy behind killing Suleimani, who like is a bad dude. Like the world is obviously better without that man in it. Already, you're a liberal hippie who hates America and loves terrorists. Yes. Apparently, I'm supporting. Like I, su- it's, I kept seeing this. Like imagine hating your president so much that you support terrorism. That's it, that's such a cheap, cheap shot. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. Killing Suleimani is not some stateless actor like Osama bin Laden or right. uh, the um, Al Baghdadi. This guy was. Like the number one military general and in, in like a public figure in Iran, this guy was, this guy was, not I'm not going to say by the majority, but there's a big component of that of that population that loved that dude. Right. So it's a lot different. It's yeah. a lot different. And what? Where did this come from? A part of what greater strategy is this a part of? Like that's other, other dude. Pres- he, they killed him. <clears throat> they killed him. Yes. <laughs> They 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 killed him. Yes, and another president. To be fair, other presidents have yes. contemplated also killing this guy, right? But have backed off of it for various reasons. There's a good ar- there's a good argument made that it's it's 
it was it's the economics of it because the United States has never been more energy independent, um, and that's oh. that wasn't started. That process was not started by Trump. It just culminated under Trump. As right. much as Trump likes to take credit for it, he did continue the policies that have made this possible. So I guess you give him somewhat credit, but mm-hmm. it's not like this wasn't in a vacuum. All of this stuff that's happening right now didn't happen because of stuff that started in 2016. This is all a gradual. Right. Ours becoming a, a net oil exporter and energy more energy independent than we've ever been started under Carter. That gets me back to the text messages because that guy was blaming Carter for all of this yeah. like mess in Iran, and it, that's just far, super far from the truth. But right. Whatever. Um, My boy Carter. <clears throat> your boy Carter, put. because all Democrats have to support <clears throat> all Democrats, all Democrats in every decision that they make. Yes. And all Republicans have to support support all Republicans unless they're actually rhinos and you disown them. They're Check actually those Democrats. boxes, dude. <clears throat> McCain's not actually a Republican. He's just a rhino. He's really just a Democrat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah. So there was there was a lot that went into this decision making. Right. We, we had the ability to withstand. Um, we were at our strongest point relative to Iran than we've been under the, especially in the last two administrations and Iran is at its weakest point than it's, than it's been at in the last two mm-hmm. administrations. Um, but you can then go back and retroactively argue that none of this is even an issue if we don't pull, if we don't unilaterally pull out of the JCPOA, which is the Iranian nuclear deal right. on false on, I'm going to say on pretty solid ground that will, under false pretenses. Because there was no intelli- there was no intelligence coming out of anywhere other than Israel saying that they weren't in compliance right. with that deal. So we started the tensions. And I'm not saying that even if we are still in the JCPOA, that it wouldn't be worth taking Soleimani out. But mm-hmm. under what greater strategy? And that's where I keep coming back to. There is no hard strategy coming out of this administration that can articulate a plan for what they see in the region. It's just literally like as whatever Trump feels like is the best move on that particular day. Yes. Is what we're going to do as a country. And you cannot be the world's sole superpower mm-hmm. being able to build alliances and create deal, create these magnificent deals. If people can't trust your word or trust yeah. your trust, like what you're going to do on a given day. So that's that's why I made that comment of as far as like him being dead. Because on the whim of the president, regardless of who it is, this person is dead. He was killed mm-hmm. by the United States. So if on Thursday or Monday, Trump says, oh, shit, I shouldn't have done that. The dude's already dead. You made the decision. There's no coming back from that. To me, it's terrifying that this person has that ability to make those decisions. Mm-hmm. And this is a transition that has been happening for a while of the presidency. You've seen an, an expansion of wartime powers. That's my gripe. <clears throat> That's my second gripe. Because... This morning, my gripe overall is this blind support to consolidate power around the president. Now, if you aren't smart enough to see what the fuck they're doing, I I don't even know what to say anymore. This is the tweet from Trump today. Okay. He tweets. Smart analysis. He retweeted somebody. And I'll get to what it says. Okay. Smart analysis. I fully agree. The tweet he's referring to is by John Bolton. Okay, his ex-national security advisor. The 1973 War Powers Resolution is unconstitutional. 
It reflects a fundamental misunderstanding of how the Constitution allocated foreign affairs authority between the President and Congress. The resolution should be repealed. He's taking advantage of the War Powers Resolution of 1973. I know! But but tr what does Trump mean when he says, the, I the war agree? Powers, the War Powers Resolution is the basis of the justification of using drone strikes every time that they need to use them. Yes, but I assume that they're referring to even the elements of it being put in place of a check. Mm -hmm. That's what I read when I read those two talking. Okay, what do you mean? I mean, I guess I'm confused. So just uh, da, 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 da. so it's a federal law intended to check the U.S. president's power to commit the United States to an armed conflict without the consent of the U.S. Congress. Mm -hmm. The resolution was adopted in the form of the United States Congressional Joint Resolution. It provides that the president can send U.S. armed forces into action abroad only by declaration of war by Congress, statutory authorization, or in case of a national emergency. But it gets... That was the intent, right? But ultimately, because it has that sixty-day threshold, mm -hmm. it's been used. Actually, been used the opposite. It's been used to justify. It. It's been used to. So the worst powers resolution was passed in order trying to limit the power, the president's ability to get us into conflicts without yes. without passage of of war of, of the war right of, of without passage by Congress. Yeah. But because they had at its passing, thinking that well, war mm. takes a long time to to materialize. We still need to give the president a little bit of latitude to act in right. national emergencies. We'll put a sixty-day threshold. So, at the end of so oh, you okay, can you so you can uh, the president can order troops into conflict areas, mm -hmm. but after but they can only be there with for sixty days, and then after sixty days he has to go to Congress for approval. Right. The problem with that is, is in today's modern world, yeah. no conflicts other than sustained ground wars are going to be lasting longer than a day. Right. Like it's not. Forget about sixty days. These are these are tactical insertions that are right. happening. Within a minute, mm -hmm. a drone strike a that could start a war. And then all of a sudden, where is Congress going to be sitting? Mm -hmm. this, this is the long-term implications of this, is that he can say, well, I'm acting constitutionally. Yeah. But you start a war, right? right I, I say this drone strike, killing Suleimani, Iran acted differently and sought a ground war. Mm -hmm. If you're Congress... How are you going to? Then at this point, the Congress can can use its powers. It can stop funding the military. It can yeah. do all this to try to rein back the president. But you're not going to be the congressman that denies our troops, yeah, the, the resources they need to fight a war. Right. That's political suicide. Right. So at this point, it it, it was meant to preserve the War Powers Resolution was meant to preserve the checks and balances inherent in foreign policy, and especially war making. Mm -hmm. But it actually has undermined it because of the advancements in technology that the passers in 73 couldn't have seen happening. Right. So what about that 48-hour notifying? Is that prior? They have to notify. Prior. No, after. That's insane. But when I read it, that's what I was referring mm -hmm. to as far as like what they want drawn back. is like even that 48 notification. Now, maybe I'm wrong in, in reading in that. But what else would they be talking about as far as it? it being unconstitutional and, and repealing its ability or what it provides. Mm -hmm. So it, it seemed like by saying that the worst power resolution is, is unconstitutional. Yeah. I, I take that initially as saying that they think that we need to rein in the president's, um, you think that both of them are saying that ability? Huh? I, I think they can say it. Right. Are they going to do it? Right. Because essentially, the Republicans just voted down any sort of check. Did you see what happened in the House? Mm -mm. 
Well, I mean, it was passed. Mm-hmm. The House passed it. It was basically to limit the, the president's unilateral ability to act abroad, mm-hmm. specifically with Iran. Mm-hmm. And almost every House member, and almost rep- every Republican House member mm-hmm. voted against it. And mm-hmm. who's directing the Republicans in Congress? Yeah. It's the administration. Right. They've already said that they go to the administration for their direction. Right. But if that's the case, then what does this mean? I think it's just him <laughs> saying one thing and doing the exact opposite. He wants to be able to play like saying, oh, I, I am the one trying to restore the Constitution. Yeah. So it's it's that contradiction that is happening that makes me say, well, it's got to be maybe just even the fact that they have to give that 48-hour notice. Mm-hmm. But I also obviously see what you're saying. It's just, I mean, I guess maybe I'm just dumb for even trying to make sense of this administration. You no, know I, mean? I mean, everybody has to try. We have to try. Like, yeah. It's the president of the United States. Yeah. We have to, we have to try to understand it. It's just, there's no operating, there's just absolutely no operating procedure. None. None. And that's the, that's the most frustrating thing mm-hmm. is. You can't in you can't in any way predict what you're going to do, and I guess a Trump like a someone who like is a Trump supporter who actually is pretty smart would right. probably come back and argue that his his appeared chaotic mess is a way to keep our enemies off balance. Okay, and that's actually strategic in its own way because they don't actually know what's going to happen. If you're Sul- because Suleimani being completely exposed and unprotected like that is crazy. If you think like if you think that you can put your your the guy who's out there funding terrorist or terrorist organizations out there training them and supplying them with munitions that are being used against Americans for the last decade in the, in the region, you leaving him unexposed at the bag, like basically at the Baghdad airport Mm -hmm. with a militia leader who just led an attack against a U.S. airbase, you leaving him completely exposed to a drone strike says that we don't, we don't fear that you're going to actually have the balls to to take him out. Right. Then we did. So yeah. what kind of message does that send? At any point, the United States could push that button. I get, the, I understand that strategy that they're that right. they're trying to argue for. Does he actually see that strategy? Hard to say. Yeah, I mean, but maybe I don't know. I was thinking that whole time when you're talking about like as far as us trying to trying to figure it out, we have to figure it out. We have to try to at least try, but. There's those who try and like make sense and who are trying to like sift through all of this. But then again, those who are just like waiting to be told what to think and what to say about all of this. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know. The, I don't know. It, the whole, this whole Iran thing is crazy. I mean, I just was like the human moment of this whole thing. It was like, I'm sitting there in a duck blind, like in Washington state. Watching the president and not knowing, like our our is like our world could fundamentally change with whatever word comes next. And just thinking, like in my pit of my stomach, like man, I hope we don't go to war. Like I'm praying we don't go to war. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here in like it's just crazy, like how you could be watching something on your phone, like sitting or beautiful, surrounded by beautiful nature, mm-hmm. and thinking, like man, like the entire makeup of the world could fundamentally change based right. on what this man is about to say. And it's crazy to me that we live in a republic that's supposed to have checks and balances, and we can like one president can have one president can have that power, right? Because ultimately, Congress is not going to be able to stop him if he wanted to go to war with Iran. Right? They could try, but it'd be incredibly unpopular. And so, yeah, I don't know. I I, I had a moment like that too, but it almost came with like a little bit of guilt 
which is a little weird. Like Western guilt. <laughs> like, I think it was Friday night. I'm playing Halo with my friends and just having a great time and thinking the next word could initiate war. Who knows what this could lead to? Mm-hmm. I'm having a great time. And I mean, people died, mm-hmm. you know, and then that plane crashed. Yeah. And it's just like the whole time I'm thinking like, yikes, like, look at me just cozy in my home in Washington state, mm-hmm. just playing video games. And now we're, you know, I saw a map of where all these, uh, where all these military posts are in the middle East for the United States. And like the amount of soldiers that are there, mm-hmm. it's insane. Yeah. Like it, you look at a number and you're like, oh, no big deal. But then you think about how many that's people. That is not just a number. That is the number of people mm-hmm. that are there possibly at risk now. Yeah. And I'm just cozy in, in my little game chair playing video games, <laughs> you know? Yeah. What do you think about that airplane? I mean, I almost every Western intelligence agency is saying they're pretty certain that it was shot down by accident. Yeah. And it seemed to be the case. Like, yeah. Um, that coincidences don't generally just happen yeah. like, like that where you have all of this heightened tension and all of a sudden in that, in that theater, a plane just randomly goes down. <laughs> like, yeah. It, it's tragic. It's absolutely tragic that it happened. And do you see how many Canadians were on there? Something like, was it like 30 something? I thought it was more, but maybe it was 30. Why there's so many Canadians? I don't know. Me neither. I thought that was interesting, but now Canada's like, yo, what up? Mm-hmm. What happened? But, you know, I just I can't help but think about like other historical events of like the United States being the aggressor and 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 having that drone strike. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, in retaliation, they're attacking U.S. military bases. Right. Yeah. It goes back a little bit further than that. But yeah, but I'm saying like this recent back and forth. Right. Mm-hmm. Now. Just by being at the wrong place at the wrong time, this plane gets shot down that has people from all over the world. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that do? What does that create as yeah. far as problems? It's interesting because you can think about this as a st- structurally, like in the current makeup in the world with, with nuclear weapons. And the fact that I think most people don't feel like because of the presence of nuclear weapons, you're not going to see too many sustained ground wars. And this gets, I'm going to get to a larger point about deterrence here, okay. but the. I think this is what ha- this is this is the world we live in with with um, no real chance of major powers going to war. So you have a cold war essentially mm-hmm. being fought regionally through proxies, and yeah. so you have the United States chasing around all of Iran's proxies around around the around the, the region and in, in like North Africa and the Middle East. Mm-hmm. What it, <clears throat> Iran was. Iran goes part of what Suleimani's job was to do was to was to create the Shia Crescent, which was like a, a, Iran's regional sphere of influence that connected Iraq, Iran, uh, Lebanon, and other Shia populated areas. Mm-hmm. And they were using they use militia like they form militias, they help create militias, or or they back terrorist sort of organizations like Hezbollah to carry to. to undermine the current system of governments within these countries to try to create this this Shia sphere of influence. And that's what that's happening in Yemen with the Houthi rebels that overthrew uh, the Sunni backed government. 
you have you see that with with Hezbollah in Lebanon, you see that in northern Iraq with the militias that hit U.S. air bases, and what the United States ultimately determined was that these militias, when they when they bombed and killed that contractor, using newer not just like your standard homemade mortar in a tube, this was an advancement in munitions they were using against the United States. Right. They bombed in retaliation, killed some militia members. That's when you had the the invasion of the embassy. Um, where they they burned a couple buildings, but didn't kill any Americans. Mm-hmm. You have the retaliation of the United States killing Soleimani. They they've lobbed some missiles out of Tehran, and then it just kind of ends. Right, right. But think about the ramifications of arming the like we keep arming these different factions of of little bands of militias and stuff, and we're using militias to fight militias, and we're using right. the Kurds to fight ISIS. What happens if one of these things, one of these, what happens if these little groups get out of control and they start something that sparks right. a bigger issue? And that could have happened, right? Because you have Iran be like, well, it's not us, it's our militia, it's these, it's these militias. Well, mm-hmm. you're backing these militias. Yeah. It's the same thing with in Ukraine. The parallel is Ukraine and Russia when that um, uh, Dutch Malaysian flight was shot mm-hmm, down. Mm-hmm. Russia said it wasn't us; it's those Ukrainian separatists. Well, you supplied the Ukrainian separatists with the with a service to air <laughs> missile system, right? And they're like, well, we didn't know it was they were going to take down a plane. Well, what happened? You're giving these what this you stuff to untrained. You're giving this thing to untrained people, right? But then it gets in, it gets me to my my broader point about deterrence. Mm-hmm. Is now that we have basically, like, Iran feels more vulnerable than it has at any particular time in its existence. That's what you're saying when we were texting. Why would it not now go to full bore to get itself a nuclear weapon at any cost? If you're if you're the leadership in Iran. Yikes. Because think about this. How many times has Trump blustered? How many times have, have has America tried to undermine or take out Kim Jong-un, but they can't? Why? Because he has a nuclear weapon. This is going to start the push for any two-bit dictator around the world who doesn't currently have one. Right. What is the only way to keep the United States from fucking with you? Yeah. Have a nuclear weapon. So this is going to create a nuclear arms. This I feel this is going to create a secondary nuclear arms mm. race of of second and third world countries right. trying to get this 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 technology. And you have hopefully that hopefully you have countries like like Russia, North Korea, and China that aren't going to pro- proliferate that, even yeah. though they're all signatories of the non- nuclear non proliferation act. Yeah, that's not going to. I mean, hopefully that's not going to stop anybody. Yeah, that's just a contract because you already have. You already have right now Turkey mm-hmm. and Russia in conversation about Russia supplying Turkey with nuclear with with basically the the knowledge and the equipment to mm-hmm. create a nuclear bomb. Jesus. So I don't know. Like <laughs> I know that was probably really really deep, but that's like where my mind has I been like going it. lately. I mean, yeah, it puts things in perspective. And, and broader think, implications and, and that was the danger of pulling out the jc with pulling out of the jcpoa right without any sort of ultimately the killing of Suleimani was a was a i'm not going to call it a tragedy because he was a terrible guy but right. it was the it was the culmination of a series of really really bad dis, bad decisions that weren't made and weren't made as part of a grand is a bigger strategy right it's just these little things we're gonna we're gonna fix this for right now and not think about how that particular instance is going to connect to the next instance yeah it sounds like corporate management (laughs) (laughs) and it it truly is which is why another question is why do we want a guy who's only in 
we want America to be run like a business. Why? Like, why? What wasn't that Trump's biggest qualification? Yes. Was that he was a successful businessman? Yeah, government's not business. No, go to corporate America. You'll hate how it's ran. <laughs> You'll hate it. And do we want that to be the? I know, I know, government is inefficient. Right. But I don't know. It, it looks out for more things than just the bottom line. Right. And that's why it's inefficient because it also has an equity mandate. Right. I also, I also wonder. Just now thinking about pulling out of the Iran nuclear deal is just like just being that action being almost like a symbol. Like even even if you like at least stay in it, there's still that that notion or that that motion of like we're still committed to this. Mm -hmm. When the United States chose to 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 walk out unilaterally, the GCPOA, basically what that signaled is that. Yes. There's no point in in coming to a negotiation about not like everybody should see every country in their if they're rationally thinking should be like get a nuclear weapon because that's the only way to keep your sovereignty. It's yeah. the only way to keep a western power from coming in and saying no, this is how you're going to do things right. now. Right. right. That's the only defense against modern imperialism in their minds is to get a nuclear weapon because ultimately you could say fuck off, you're not going to do anything to us because of retali- because of mutually assured destruction. Right. So the only the the thought process behind the JCPOA under the Obama administration, and, and yes, there was plenty to criticize about the JCPOA, but the the what it did is it offered a, an alternative path for those second world countries that were looking, who were looking for deterrence, mm-hmm. a a way to be part of the fold and feel like they're not being dictated to, without going for a nuclear weapon. Right. 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 So. By pulling out of the JCPOA, it's more than just a bilateral agreement between the United States yes. and the in Iran. It has such broader implications because now it's telling the next country that who might be seeking deterrence through nuclear weapons that no matter what the United States says, yes, a change in administration is could just sweep that completely off the off the table, and now you're left with egg on your face, right? In in feeling like we have to try to protect ourselves in some way. So and I'm gonna, vulnerable and to the whims of the American people. Yeah. And they're voting. And, and so, their what is the what, and and, if you're and if you're a country who's out the on the outside looking mm, in, like Iran, what's the best way to protect yourself? And it's nuclear weapons, right? It's just going to restart this this push for more nukes. And I and I, f- I feel like that is dangerous because getting yeah. back to this proxies and everything, the more nukes that are on the table, the more chance there are for, of somebody getting an itchy trigger finger and sending it somewhere. And I wonder about like the the international influence other nations have by by uh, promising or providing the the ability to do so. You know, like mm-hmm. saying like, "Hey, you scratch my back, I'll give you a nuke." <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I think that's part of one of the reasons why how Russia is a part of the one of the ways that Russia is going to try right. to rebuild its its sphere of influence. Right. That's ultimately what Putin wants. And now you see Na- you see crap. NATO you see NATO countries like Roma- uh, Romania mm-hmm. and Hungary and Turkey who are co- who are electing these populist leaders that are cozying up to Putin, right? And because why nuclear weapons mm-hmm. one of the one of the many reasons, right. but yeah, I mean, so it's I don't know it, a nuke for sovereignty. There is so much there is so much at stake here, and I I it drives me absolutely bonkers that look I'll get. I'm not going to say I'll agree with a with a with a broader strategy, but at least when you had a, I don't agree with most of what Obama's strategy was in the world. Mm-hmm. But at least you could pin, you could say this is how the administration 
was going to act on any particular yes. instance. Right. And it took a couple years for it to form. He was woefully unprepared, I felt, in the first two years to mm-hmm. be president of the United States, especially on the international stage. But Biden stabilized that. Mm-hmm. Biden had a really, really good formulation of really good ideas and had been an expert on foreign policy for a long period of time. And I think Obama's what give, give Obama credit, the fact that he knew that where he was lacking and he allowed Biden to carry him until Obama was comfortable making his own decisions. Right. And I, I think like the biggest, the biggest thing people point to is the red line with Syria and how Obama put a red line with Syria and said, don't cross it. And then they cross it. And then he didn't retaliate. Right. That was a that was a foreign policy failure, but I think he learned from that with with Libya mm-hmm. and in and then going forward and then understanding with Iran and then you, you get the JCPOA out of that and I think that was one of his biggest foreign policy accomplishments. Like you're not going to win, you're not going to bat a thousand in foreign policy and international relations. I mean, yeah, you're you're going to have failures, but I have, you, you try I, to do more good than you than you than you than you do bad. I have people who I've talked to about all of this who clearly their expectation is to bat a thousand. And because Obama didn't, he's a failure. That's unrealistic. It is unrealistic. They don't get it. And and for some reason, argue that Trump is batting a thousand. Well, only because you like the guy. Exactly. There's no like just give me one crit like just critique him on one thing. That's all I ask. That's I'm gonna try that next time I'm engaged with a Trump supporter. That's great. That's great that you support him. Tell me one thing you disagree with him on. Because I can tell them things I agree with him on. Maybe not the methods to his madness, mm-hmm. but there are some ideas that I don't think are completely off base. Yeah, I'll give you one that I agree with him on. How he's handling uh, how he, how he's handling China. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about that. Yeah. Right. But that's I don't the like, only one I don't I've like that. talked about I don't that. Like, yeah, right? How he's, how he's handling that, China. But that's one but, point that I can use. Yeah. I just want one from them. Just give me one. Yeah. I'm interested to see if I can get one. We'll see. And I, and honestly, I don't actually disagree with him killing Suleimani in a vacuum. In, in a, a vacuum, vacuum, I don't agree. I don't disagree with with, right. with the move. Okay. It's a risk. There's always a risk. There's always a risk associated. For sure. With you didn't know how Iran exactly was going to respond, but you had a pretty good idea based on the economic, the, asym- the asym- asymmetries in, in, the right. e- in economic power. In this particular time, I think Trump made the right move in a vacuum. Okay. And it sounds like I'm equivocating here, right. but... I don't. I don't disagree with him that that piece being off the board, right? Because I, he was a terrible guy. Mm-hmm. But getting back to this, we can probably all put a bow on this. Is that institutionally, I don't think you're going to see a change from Iran and using its proxies just because Soleimani's right. off the board. Soleimani had created an institution around Iranians' foreign policy on his vision. Mm-hmm. His successor is going to be someone he groomed, right? Who believes in the same ideology? Who's going to probably steer iran in the same way because institutional change is slow right anyway but. damn dude that was a <laughs> nice little bow right there so don't ex- i don't it's, i don't anticipate seeing a major change right. as long as the iranians proxies don't do anything that catches the headlines because mm-hmm. i think trump's most of what trump sees as foreign policy is theater it's stretch it's strategy right. based on theater as long as it he doesn't have to go out and address anything mm-hmm I don't think he's. I don't really think you're going to see any sort of real change in right. terms of U.S.-Iranian relations. I think it's going to go right back to what it was. Iran uses its proxies to harass shipments out of the Strait of Hormuz, mm-hmm. or continues to try to undermine like Saudi influence on the peninsula, and the United States just chasing different terrorist groups around the around the Middle, around East. The Middle East. So, good job. 
Good job. That was well said. (laughs) All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Uh, We'll talk to you next week, hopefully on Thursday. Yep. (laughs) It will be on Thursday. I don't work work until 3 next Thursday. Oh, okay. Good, good. Uh, You going to play video games with me tonight? Tonight? Just kidding. Bye. Bye. If I can leave you with one thought, it's this. Nothing and everything is possible. (laughs) 